Welcome to another episode of the Self Storage Insight Podcast. Today I'm joined by Tyler Shear with True Steel Buildings and uh, super excited to have you on the show with me today and talk about uh, constructing a new facility and what all goes into that. And so Tyler's been in the industry for, for a few years now and uh, with True Steel Buildings. And so Tyler, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of your background and kind of how you got started. Yeah, so I started doing the storages in 2012. Started off just as a laborer, working on a crew, you know, building the storage facilities all over the United States. And I worked my way up to running a crew, ran a crew for a little over eight years, you know, non-climate, climate-controlled buildings, conversions, two stories, three stories, boat and RV buildings. And uh, now more of project manager, just go around, check on jobs, make sure everything's going well, the owners are happy. Okay. So, so with true with true steel buildings, um, do you you travel nationwide, or are you pretty much just assigned to to a region, or how does that work? Yep, just depends. Um, could be in Florida tomorrow, next week Kentucky, Ohio, just just wherever uh, need to go and wherever our jobs are at. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, with 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 your background then, and uh, on the construction side of it, you know. What are maybe what are maybe a couple of common mistakes that you see, or some things that some people sh- that people should watch out for as you're as you're planning a new build construction, you know, of a facility? What are just some areas that you see that people make a lot of mistakes in? Um, I'd say excavating is the big one. Um, whether you got to take take a lot of dirt out, or if you got to bring dirt in to build build the ground up, or whatever the case may be, drainage for water, um, where your retention pond's going to go, all that good stuff. You want to make sure. You know, your engineer does a good job with that. Um, I would say definitely access and drives, you know, getting in the facility, getting around buildings is a big one. You know, obviously you got to do your approvals, all that with your township zoning, feasibility study, you know, your due diligence, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, the biggest thing for me is making sure you're ready for us. So when buildings delivered, you know, your concrete pads are already done. You got gravel drives and um, typically a lot of people, you know, they do blacktop drives. So I'll try to tell them, you know, you can do your first layer, that's fine. But do the final touch when we're gone because driving the telehandler on there, it will tear it up. And obviously, right. We don't want equipment in for sure. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't want no one upset. So. Right. So, so kind of walk me through, maybe, maybe let's just walk through kind of a new construction process. Uh, let's say for just an example, I just purchased some property and uh, I'm looking to build a facility on it. At what point do I want to reach out to you guys as far as, you know, I, I, I did look through your website a little bit. I know you guys do a little bit of the help with, you know, planning the bit, the building plan, yep. that sort of thing. Um, yep. And so at what point do I want to reach out to you guys maybe as far as to get you involved in the project? Yeah, so if you don't already have a site layout, um, we do have a guy in-house who does that. Um, but first, you know, you're going to want to get approval from your township. There's going to be meetings involved to make sure you can, you know, build there, all that good stuff. You want to make sure that's, you know, you're approved first. Right. You know, stability study, due diligence, all that. Then uh, after that process, which is probably going to take a couple months, and they give you the green light. So now you got to get excavating involved, concrete. So typically when they start pushing dirt, you'll get a hold of us. We will get you numbers because as of right now, we can have buildings set in the ground in eight weeks. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that seems pretty quick as far as a, as far as a turnaround from uh, yeah. what, what uh, so, so you've been doing this for a while now. Let me ask you this. Maybe what were some of the challenges you saw over the last couple of years? You know, I know I was uh, doing some construction through COVID 
And uh, so we ran into all types of material shortages. Uh, does it seem yeah, like that's yeah. pretty much all completely behind us now with the steel manufacturing? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, COVID messed a lot of things up, but now <laughs> yeah. it seems to be getting back on track. And, you know, I really don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Um, you know, like I said, I started doing this when I was 18 and I'm 31 and, you know, we were always working 50, 60 hours a week, even in the winter. So have, have you seen a slowdown at all over the last, maybe like 18 months or so since interest rates started to spike, or has that not seemed to have played a big part into the new construction facilities? I would say it depends on who you ask. I mean, we stay busy, you know, selling the jobs. Um, mm -hmm. but I know interest rates obviously affect a lot of people. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure from your, from your side of the business, if you had noticed any, you know, any slowdown or anything from that with a, with a dip in construct in new construction. So yeah. Like, and, and a lot of our new construction is, you know, like right now I'd say about 50% non-climate, um, a little bit of climate control, but lately what's really been the big thing is, you know, people want boat and RV buildings, canopy mm -hmm. buildings, um, you know, airplane hangers, those are, uh, becoming very, very popular. Right. Yeah. I, I have noticed too. I mean, even with our business, I, I have a self-storage property management software. And so okay. we have, we have just noticed a huge uptick in RV and boat storage and the amount of leads that oh, come in oh, yeah. that, are, that are just doing boat and RV. It's, it's actually, I mean, it's been wild over the last couple of months to see how fast it seems like that's grabbing on and gaining. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would say the past four to six months boat and rv just the canopies rough only to park under those those are uh definitely become very very popular yeah i even saw some of your uh some of your builds uh i i do follow some of your stuff on facebook i'm in some groups that we're we're in together and stuff and so okay. i did want to kind of give you a shout out on uh on some of the review stuff that I saw, because I saw somebody the other day in one of the groups that I'm in posted and asked, you know, has anybody worked with True Steel Buildings? And, you know, how was your experience? I mean, it was nothing but good feedback from at least yep. the, the amount of comments that I read. So uh, yeah. it's always nice to nice to see that from another company. You know, you guys seem like you're uh, doing quality work and uh, getting a lot of good feedback on that on that side of it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we, uh, you know, here at True Steel, you know, communication is huge for us. We always you know, I'll get a lot of customers who have dealt with other manufacturing companies in the past and, oh, you know, my sales guy never answers. So mm -hmm. when, when they call, you know, we know they're not calling to say, hey, you know, obviously they got a question or something may be wrong or, hey, I want to add some more buildings. So and right. like I said, we try to get out on every job that we do sell just to, you know, introduce ourselves and, you know, they got questions or want to make changes to unit sizes and, you know, get all that stuff handled right there in the beginning. Right now, how big of a role does your company play in that? Like as far as um, making adjustments to building layouts, if somebody comes to you with a layout, do you make recommendations on changes or do you pretty much just let them put it wherever they want? Let's say, you know, 30 by 200, you know, one side, 10 by 10 units, the other side, you know, 10 by 20s that divider wall you can move that divider wall within about six minutes so okay let's just say they got all 10 by 10s all 10 by 20s we get there well maybe the owner now he wants a couple 10 by 15s or maybe he wants a couple 10 by 30s left open so we'll just go through on the print with the marker and change wherever he wants that wall to go i mean that's just that's an easy simple simple fix okay so and then and then long term it makes it pretty easy as far as to make adjustments too if there is a change oh, yeah. in the market and you see that one unit type's doing better than another. Yep. And so having a building like that is is actually really important, I think, too, as far as yeah, the long term of running your business. Yeah. So actually I got a customer right now, he's got six buildings and uh on two of the buildings, we're gonna leave all the divider walls out. He's gonna see what is most popular 
sizes are. Then once they start running, we'll go back and we'll throw those walls in for them. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I just know from, from my construction experience and, and have been in building, like a lot of times the, the, the property owner doesn't even really know for sure what they want until they see right. stuff start yeah. happening. And so yep. uh, you can end up with a lot of changes pretty quickly. And so uh, that, that kind of just bodes back to the whole customer service thing, you know, being right. able to communicate well with, with property owners as they're trying to make up their mind is very important. So what would you say, uh, one of the benefits maybe if as far as just with your business would be to going with somebody like true steel buildings versus a local contractor, uh, that, that just puts up metal buildings in a local area. What, what kind of advantages does a, a bigger company like yours have? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we can supply you the buildings. We can also supply the erectors as well, where a lot of companies, they, they can only supply the building. So then you have to go out and find someone to build it. And maybe you might know a guy who can build a house, but he doesn't know how to build a mini storage. I mean, I can build a mini storage, but I couldn't go build you a house. I mean, you know what you know. So, right. absolutely, you know, one stop and shop, you know, we can do the material labor. Uh, we can do in-house site plans. We don't so much do any of the concrete or excavating. So projects, like we do get people say, hey, can you price concrete? If, mm-hmm. which which we have people who do concrete which obviously you know i tell everybody it's going to be more expensive because they got to travel out of town they got to pay for hotels right but when we do that i typically tell them the project's got to be at least over thirty thousand square feet i mean okay. it's got to be worth worth their time to go right. out of state to do the concrete to have a competitive bid against someone local okay and you said you don't do any of the excavating and i'm assuming that would include like no. the fence fences gate access that sort of thing do you do that as well or no Nope, nope. Strictly just us. We supply the buildings and then uh, the erectors to come in and build. So electrical, that's done by others. Concrete, excavating, um, HVAC, you know, blacktop, all that stuff. Okay. And you said uh, a little bit ago, I think you said, you know, 50% of your buildings are just standard buildings versus climate control and other and other things yeah. like that. Ha- has that changed a lot over the last few years or, or has it been pretty standard that way? I would say it's changed. Um, especially right now like i said the boat and rv and the canopies we're getting we're getting 15 to 20 of those every other day that's what people are wanting getting a little bit of climate controls um a little bit of three-story buildings not not a whole lot um a couple of those um and then you know your typical 30 by 200s 40 by 200s i mean those are your most popular sizes you know money-wise buying a building and you know also renting them out Right. So, so let me ask you this question. This is a little bit of maybe, maybe it's information that uh, you'd have to get a quote for, but I did, I was looking at the one picture of the boat storage that you guys did where it was just stacked boats, like four levels, four tiers high. What what are some of the benefits to doing something like that? As far as I know, obviously you're going to save space and stuff, but how much cheaper is it to get that, that, that type of structure, you know, put together versus a single layer with a lot more coverage of roof area? I would say, and I know I put you on the spot there. <laughs> no, no, I want to say for that one ballpark, I think material and labor that was right around sixteen bucks a square foot. You know, and you know, on a lot of these podcasts, everybody, oh, you know, it's a ballpark price, and it's so hard because it, you know, I, I might have a guy in Michigan, he might be thirteen bucks a square foot for material and labor versus I might have a guy out in New York, where mm-hmm. you know, depending on snow load and you know the gauge right. of the deal, you know, he might be. 1575 right so yeah there's a lot of variation there based on where where you're at for sure absolutely absolutely as far as far as your buildings do you have different uh different prints different standards that you have to meet for different codes 
uh, based oh, on, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. on all the different locations you work? Yup, yup. They're all different. We got to go off the wind load, the snow load. Every town, state, city, they're all they're all different. Right, and I mean, I know even even just in my area, an hour from me in in more of a metro area to build yep. over there costs double uh, double or triple in permits and and zoning and all of oh, that yeah. stuff versus you know in my local area and it, it's it's crazy how much of a difference that can make so you oh, definitely yeah. do your homework Absolutely. before before you get started for sure yeah. so yeah, some of them code officials can make every job a night a nightmare yep and even uh you know another popular one that's we've uh, been selling a lot of lately is the conversions you know people buying older warehouses or grocery stores and going in there gutting them and putting the units on the inside when you run into that type of project how, how does that kind of work as far as do you end up residing the outside or do you normally let the outside alone you just partition the inside yeah so it just kind of depends on what what the owner wants um a lot of times like when people buy let's say like an old kroger or grocery store normally the outside's all brick so they might come in paint it up big old sign out there indoor self-storage um then we'll go inside and if there's any demo that needs done they will have someone do that then uh, we'll go on and get measurements or measurements, uh, get them a layout. Normally got to tweak it a couple times to right. find something they like and then get material ordered and go in there and start building. So, so question on that would be like, what's the the timeline process on that? I know you said you can erect a new building in, you know, um, a couple of weeks. Is it, does it seem like it's a lot longer as far as for a conversion than it is for a new build? Oh no, you can build those so much quicker. I mean, you don't have rain affecting you, whether you're working inside, I mean, you can work 10, 12 hour days. Yeah. Those typically a good four man crew on a conversion, about a thousand, 1200 square feet a day. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And like a typical, you know, 30 by 200, four to five guys, weather permitting, you know, nine hours a day, four to five days to erect. Now, now with a, with a conversion like that, the system that you guys build or the way that you build it, is it still pretty flexible as far as changing unit sizes down the road when you, when you work with them on the layout, do you try to keep some flexibility there or is it, is it a lot more of a standard layout then? Yeah, that one's more strict just because there's a lot that goes into it with, you know, your fencing up top and, and all of right. your angles. But I mean, the divider wall, you can, you can still move, but yeah, th those, and you know, it also just depends on the layout because some conversions, you know, they got a bunch of jags in them and they're just really goofy. So mm -hmm. that's why finalizing those ones are, those are pretty crucial. Same as a climate controlled building. Yeah. The, the one thing I always felt like too, as far as with conversions is uh, doing a little more homework on the front end, making sure the building's going to convert nicely and you're not going to run into a bunch of, you know, step ups, changes in, in, in the yep. layout on the inside. Uh, there's, there's a lot that can go into a conversion that you, that you can miss really quickly that actually plays a big part into the, how the conversion uh, goes. So. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, you obviously want to maximize, you know, the square feet, you know, the best, you can so typically hallways five feet i've seen some hallways you know eight feet which that's just what the guy wanted he wanted wider hallways so people weren't scratching his panels and doors mm -hmm. um but you know five feet wide that's most common yeah and i mean that, that kind of stuff's good to know too as far as if you're planning out you know how wide do you typically want oh, yeah. access because you end up making a four foot wide hall hallway and then uh nobody right. nobody can get their stuff yeah, around right. the corners and uh <laughs> I mean, we've even done two-story conversions, go in there, build, okay. put the uh, decking on top, concrete guys come in, pour concrete, start building again. But then, you know, you're getting fancy with those. you got to have stairwells in there, elevators, all that good stuff. But 
we've right. done them. So, so, so with the conversion, is the is the the getting a quote part kind of the same? If you can kind of give me a little information, uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? How would they get get a started with getting a quote for a for a conversion or a new build? Uh, just go to True Steel Buildings. Uh, dot com. Uh, the phone office numbers on there. We got five, six sales guys in house. One of them will answer. They'll get some information from them. And you know, typical. You know, let's just say someone's price for a thirty by two hundred. I mean, they can get a price on that less than a half hour. I mean, it's right. a couple buttons on a computer. Unless I'm doing it, which I don't touch the computer because we just don't. <laughs> get, me and technology just don't get along. But awesome. Okay. Well, well, hey, based on. Uh, based on your experience and how you've seen the industry change over the last couple of years, what do you think the next couple of years looks like uh, for, for self-storage? I think the next, I'd say eight to 10 years is going to be big. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of people buying older rundown facilities, give them new facelifts. Um, if they got room to expand, you know, expand in 20 to 30,000 square feet. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of people buying and selling. And, you know, like mm -hmm. right now, you know, I post new sites on Facebook you know, Hey, new job starting here. And people message me, Hey, is it for sale? Well, the yeah. way I look at it, everything's for sale for the right price. You know what I mean? And that's, I, I think it's going to be next 10 years. It's, it's going to really be booming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we're still, there's still a good, even with the market kind of dipping a little bit, yeah. you know, I think that we're still in a really good spot for, for the foreseeable absolutely. future. Uh, and I think that window is going to close too. So I think if you're interested in getting into it, get into it now and, uh, yep. Uh, deal with kind of the high interest rates right now. I'm not sure what your what your take on that is. We'll see what the uh, the election year. I'm always a little bit cautious with uh, not yeah. sure what to expect in an election year with uh, the market and stuff, but we'll right. see what happens. So hoping that it can't be worse than 2020, right? <laughs> I <laughs> so, hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, uh, Tyler, appreciate you being on here with me. Is there anything else that you want to share before uh, before we kind of wrap this one up? So you want to get in the in the storage game? I I mean, do your research. Really, that's the Best thing I could tell you, you know, it's a lot of work involved, you know, like, you know, getting approved. Can I build here? You know, what's population like around this area? Is it, what's it going to be like in five years? You know, I'd really do your homework. And yeah. And one thing I would add to that too, is if you are interested in getting into storage, you know, get into some of these groups on social media and, yeah. and you can ask all kinds of questions. I mean, sometimes I almost get frustrated with the questions that come through. Cause I'm like, man, these people ask the same question every week, right? You know, yeah. you know, like you could look back and see, but, but there is a ton of good information that comes out of those groups. There's a lot of experienced oh, people yeah. in there that will share information and are looking to help other people as they get started. So, uh, well, Hey, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for talking with, uh, with me and, uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future here sometime. So. Yes, absolutely. Perfect, Ben. I appreciate it. This podcast episode was brought to you by CC Storage. CC Storage is a property management software that helps you pass the fees of credit card processing onto your customers so you don't pay credit card processing fees ever again. If you enjoyed the podcast, there's a link below where you can fill out a form and be interviewed on the podcast with myself. If that interests you, please click the link below and we'll be in touch. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to check back next week for another interview with another self-storage property owner.